Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, from the capital city of the United States of America, Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! What a truly exciting, pumped-up intro that was. I'm Peter Pham of the Big Trade Series. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already done so, please do so. I guarantee you're going to appreciate it if you're a fan of investing, of, of business and economics. The reviews have been pretty fantastic, and we've been able to capture some very interesting guests. This is a very special edition of the Big Trade Series. We're actually going to be taking a debate uh, with a gentleman that loves boxing, Mark Lichtensfeld of the Oxford Club. And the debate is about the Big Trade itself. And if you haven't read the book already, please download that uh, in your to your Kindle or purchase that uh, hardcover book on your Amazon because I think it's a fascinating book because we we put this together from the perspective of trying to develop a methodology that allows people to capture some significant gains in markets. It's been applicable to our own hedge fund positions within like the US dollar, within the S&P 500, which I've been talking about a lot. And I think if you take some time and really take that, you're almost guaranteed to make investment returns on that. It's a whole new movement towards quantitative analytics. And I discuss about how it evolves throughout most of society. We're doing a lot of interesting things at Phoenix Capital. I'd love for you to email me if you're interested in learning more about some of these projects. We really have an objective to create history, make history, and, and leave our footprint, basically, in terms of financial services all around the world. Just the fact that a Canadian person like me spending time in Asia is able to build a lot of inroads into America, debating people like twice or three times my age is more of a testament to what we really believe in. It's a testament to spending time and effort and, and the thousands, old 10,000 hours committed to, to mastering one's craft. And it's all effectively packaged into stuff that you see within the Big Trade book, within the Big Trade series, and what we do as an asset management company, Phoenix Capital. So today, as I discussed about, we're going to be talking to Mark, having a debate about some of these ideas, and I, I'm going to give you a little bit of an all-access, because this is very much like boxing, and and talk about like the background behind this. As you know, Mark's been featured in my show, and I was intending on appearing on his show, but we wanted to come up with something that would be interesting. So I appeared on his show, he actually emailed me before, saying to me that, hey Peter... 
I'm not going to take it easy on you guys in terms of technical analysis, and um, I'm going to share my views. And I, I said to him, "Great, let's make it a debate, and let's have people like the audience decide what was、um, some of the more compelling points." So I don't know if Mark read my book. I think he didn't. And you know, one of those lessons in the art of war is know your enemy. And in this instance, I don't think Mark really knew what he was getting himself into. And if you actually listen to his original podcast, he discussed initially about like this great debate, and he's actually asking his audience to participate in providing feedback. And if you actually take a look at the conversation or have a listen to the conversation, you clearly see that. I don't think he was really prepared for that, and and that's fine. And and I think that next time, if we ever do this again, I've already invited him onto my podcast. If we can do this again, maybe he'll he'll be more on guard about what he's going to be saying. But it's it's very compelling reasons. I really thought about this. I've spent almost over at least a decade or fifteen years thinking about. Um, the best ways to invest and into trading into the market, and how to reduce、um, any kind of subjective components towards one's analysis. And you can actually hear a lot about this with my guests, especially a lot of the technicians.、Um, I would encourage you guys to listen to whenever I am talking to a technician, even if he's a legendary investor. About his approach, and suddenly, if you follow continuously things that I've said on episodes like of Frank Curgio's、uh, technical analysis is archaic, and and hear what I said with Mark, you're going to start to see some of those nuances that I discuss about, and it's really going to start to come home to you, especially after you read the book. Um, listen to things like the podcast and read some of the content that we release. As I said, we're working on some very fascinating projects, and some of that's going to be the fruition of all of this. And I hope anyone that's really interested in doing something like this can can join us. You know, I, I know you're listening.、Um, we love to hear your feedback, and we love to be able to make one of the more interesting and fun financial market and economics and business podcasts out there. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think. Hashtag big trade. I, I as I told you, all access is that I did email Mark back and I said, "Hey, was this like an undercard TKO?" I haven't heard a response from him. The show's been up on his podcast. Mark, I'm calling you out. I'm calling anyone out that wants to talk about methodologies towards analysis and what would make good analysis towards identifying the best. Investment and trading opportunities possible, and how to calculate them, and and all the subjective factors that are involved. So I'm calling anyone out. It doesn't matter if you're heavyweight, welterweight, whatever you are.、Um, you know, this is the big trade series. We're, we're welcoming all guests, all comers, all ideas, and and we provide you guys that as a platform. And if you want to have some of these debates. Uh, you know, be ready, cause cause that's where we're at, and and I'm really excited about this. Like I said, contact us at info at phx-cap.com.、Uh, thank you very much. Keep listening to the big trade, and that's all I gotta say. Let the games begin. Thanks.
You are now listening to The Big Trade with Peter Pham, enlightening conversations for maximum market returns. Welcome back to Mark Lichtenfeld's Oxford Club Radio. I am Mark Lichtenfeld. Well, I told you at the beginning of the show that Peter Pham and I were going to come out swinging at each other uh, in this segment. So I am very pleased to welcome to the show, all the way from Singapore, Peter Pham. He's Managing Director of Phoenix Capital. He's the host of the Big Trade Series podcast and the author of the Big Trade Simple Strategies for Maximum Market Returns. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to the fight of the century. It's going to be Pacquiao and Mayweather going at it again, and hopefully it will be more interesting this time. Exactly. Uh, so so let, let's have the preliminaries. Let's have the undercard first before we, we go after each other. Uh, I, I want to I understand a little bit about the, the big trade philosophy that's, uh, that's, that's you know, the centerpiece of your book and your podcast. What is the big trade, and, and how, do investors, uh, how do investors score a big trade? Yeah, I, I think this would be uh, a great way to start off that whole conversation leading up to the gradual main event. But basically, the the big trade is um, what we start off with is actually observing traditional technical analysis and taking a look at a lot of the fallacies that exist. The key approach of the big trade is to try to quantify as much as possible in order to ascertain what effectively is the truth and what effectively is, is factual, and then be able to determine through probabilities almost like a tree diagram of options. At the end of the day, the markets should not be perceived as predictable. Rather, they should be perceived as probabilistic. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you can try to identify those probabilities by a distribution diagram using a simple like histogram and, and observing uh, probabilities of moves based on various different standard deviations away from the mean. Now, that sounds all complicated and all, but it actually gets a lot more simple. And I I think that part of the elements when we discuss about some of the fallacies of both fundamental and technical analysis, we can try to observe um, those aspects. And I, I think a, a better way for someone to learn it is to actually hear the the conversation back and forth between me and you to really uh, get a grasp of of what's going on. So so just long story short, it's it's we have a big revolution that's happening now, which is called the big data revolution. It's about the analytics of tons of data, and in many different fields, from retail to the internet to even science. People are trying to quantify information that is at an abundance. And information that is quantifiable, that can be put through a formula, gives people greater insight to everything that's going on. It's almost foundational from the beginning of human civilization to start to implement models within our lives. Society is a model. Laws are a model. If you didn't have that, you would effectively have chaos. So let me ask you this. So this this data that you're crunching, 
is this uh, is this related to stock or market performance, or is it related to uh, you know fundamental data like you know margins and revenue growth and return on equity? Okay, I, I think that that's a very good question. In terms of the data that I look at, I actually, um, prior to our conversation, I was actually thinking about how to actually explain some of these components as, as articulately as possible, but as, as simple so that anyone that's listening can understand. Um, you see, Mark, most data in the stock market or related to capital markets can often be ambiguous and often can be revised. And, but there's very few pieces of information that we have that truly is, is concrete, is known as fact. And, and the, the reality is, if you take a look at things like earnings, shareholder yield, all of that information even can be ambiguous to some extent, or it can be open to revisions. Sure. But if you notice things like open, high, low, close, volume, bid, and offer, those pieces of data seem to be pretty concrete. Very rarely are you going to hear about a revision towards the opening price or a revision to the low of the day. Those tend to actually be probably the most sustainable. And the reason is because it is actually a true reflection on price. So, so the key things that I try to analyze when developing a trading or investing thesis is actually trying to quantify those pieces of data, the things that you can almost be as sure about as possible. And ironically, price makes a great thing that you need to be monitoring because at the end of the day, price is what you're effectively investing or, or trading into. So if everything is based on price, then why do you believe technical analysis is a fallacy? Because I mean, technical analysis is, is based purely on price. That's an excellent question, and I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you're trying to cheat and take a look at what I'm doing, uh, getting ready for this big matchup, but I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind showing you what the moves are. Um, in, in, that's a great question. Technical, uh, traditional technical analysis can be understood in many different forms, right? Um, I think first and foremost is that word in itself is very deceiving, right? Technical analysis, it sounds like it's very scientific and accurate. But the harsh reality, Mark, is that traditional technical analysis is not very scientific. I'm actually almost on your side from this perspective to say, look, traditional technical analysis can very much be debunked. And what I mean by that is, like, typically you're going to be looking at some of those free indicators that you get when you open any kind of typical technical analysis suite, mm -hmm. which is like opening a price chart, being able to open like stochastics, Fibonacci, any of those kind of like indicators that you're using. And sometimes it could be pattern reading, mm -hmm. which is basically looking at patterns on the chart. Visually, it, it seems as if it can be very comforting, but it's actually very not that much different from things like palm reading, from reading interpretations of the clouds, for example. And in my book, I talk about a few psychological phenomenons that happen to us, which is reification um, and multi-stability. Reification is seeing things that are not actually there. So imagine if I'm looking at a head and shoulders pattern. I see it but you don't see it, Mark. So we're interpreting that data and we're coming up with a different conclusion, which is called multi-stability. You're seeing something different and concluding something different, and I'm seeing something different and concluding something completely different. So typically when you're looking at traditional technical analysis, you're going to run into those fallacies. Now, 
the issue about all the indicators that people use, like MACD, stochastics, is it's trying to analyze price. But the issue is that it lags. It lags in terms of its interpretation. So imagine if the stock goes up like 10%. Mm -hmm. The indicator, because it lags, say it's a 30-day moving average. What does that mean? It means it's lagging or averaging out price behavior over a 30-day period. So imagine a big move that happens today. Your 30-day moving average will not be able to capture that information appropriately enough for you to adjust and, and revise. Mm -hmm. And what I'm referring to when using our approach of quantitative analysis is looking at purely at price and looking at probabilities and histograms of the movement of price. It doesn't matter over what time period. It doesn't lag based on moving averages. And, and if you take a look at the formulas that are being used on all of these traditional technical analysis indicators, you will see that there is a lagging nature in terms of its interpretation of price. Well, let, me, let, that, me, let, me, let me interrupt here because we're running very short on time, but tell me sure. where I'm wrong here because I do agree with you that I may see something that you don't, and, and I think technical analysis is an art. Um, the way I use technical analysis, and I, and I don't use a lot of these indicators you're talking about, but I will look at a head and shoulders pattern or, or a trend line uh, or some other pattern. Right. And so the way I will use it, it's not as a crystal ball, but it, it will define my risk. So if I see a stock that's been in an, uptre an uptrend for a year, uh, let's say, right. and it, it's right. near the trend line and I buy that stock and the stock goes now below that trend line, to me that indicates that something has changed in the the behavior of the of the stock's uh, trading pattern, and so w what I saw as uh, as an uptrend is now is now kind of is now changed. It's different. It's off the you know it's off. I'm wrong, and so it's it's time to cut my losses quickly. What where is that right. thinking wrong? Well, remember what you literally within the sentence of what you just said. You said that this is your interpretation, right? Your interpretation of a head and shoulders. Is it my interpretation? Not necessarily. The big fallacy of this is based around the whole principles of science, actually, which is the repeatability. The scientific method argues for the replication of a particular test to end up with the same kind of conclusion. So if, Mark, you are seeing a head and shoulders pattern, everyone else around the world should also be seeing that head and shoulders pattern. But the reality, Mark, is that not everyone is going to see that. So I think that if you are going to try to run this as a business and try to be as professional as possible, that you should try to interpret those pieces of information that in a way that is repeatable, and you end up drawing the same kind of conclusions if you are doing it or if I'm doing it. And, and that's the beauty about truly analyzing open, high, low, close, volume, bids, and offers, being able to put probabilities and statistics behind it. And it's very simple. You could open a spreadsheet. You could put all those pieces of data into a few columns, and you can start doing a few if-and-then statements to see how often is a particular stock going past a particular high. For example, the S&P 500, which is the average of most 
U.S. equities that we're looking at, there is a 75% to 80% probability every given day that the S&P 500 will surpass yesterday's high or low. That is very anomalous in terms of behavior. And anyone that argues for market efficiencies can easily backtest that data and come up with that same anomaly. It's not something that I just created out of the blue. It's something that is replicatable for anyone. And if you take a look at the big, the big trade, that's what we try to highlight. I've experienced all those things that we just discussed about in terms of traders and investors' interpretation of data. And I've found myself to be literally in a house of pain. The reason is because when you see that head and shoulders, you're attaching a lot of feelings and dogma into that position. And you can say that you can implement a stop loss, but all I argue for is that we try to be as accurate and scientific as possible towards that interpretation of data. Okay, we've got to run because we went way long. But I tell you what, I'm going to read your book and have you back on in a few months so that we can continue the conversation. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Peter Pham, Managing Director of Phoenix Capital, host of the Big Trade Series podcast and author of The Big Trade, Simple Strategies for Maximum Market Returns. Thanks again, Peter. We hope you enjoyed this mastermind session. If you'd like to contact Peter Pham or Phoenix Capital, please email info at phx-cap.com.